0: Welcome to the Advanced Relationship Podcast. We are your hosts, Bryce Bauer and Jenny Morrow. We are a married couple devoted to helping you advance your relationships. With over 14 years experience as a marriage and family therapist and relationship coach, and over a decade of experience as a certified life and relationship coach, we are here to help you create the most intimate, loving, and powerful relationships on the planet. Hey, what is up everyone just Bryce here today recording a solo podcast today I'm going to be talking about one simple tool that you must have in your toolkit if you're going to be in relationship and you're interested in doing self-development work and really looking inside to learn grow develop you gotta know this one there are a few different modalities that point to the same thing and even though it looks simple on its surface there's a lot of subtlety We can get really technical here about how to get to this piece about yourself when you're feeling triggered by someone else and how you can learn to very quickly dissolve whatever judgments you have about someone else most of the time. And the one thing that I want to note about this is if you really learn this and practice it, you can't forget it. This comes up all the time for me. I'm feeling upset about something, I'm blaming someone else, and I'm immediately thrust into this thought process, which is very confronting, very uncomfortable, and annoying at times, really, because sometimes I just want to stay stuck in blame, and it's hard to do that when you understand this skill. So before we jump into that, make sure to join our awesome Facebook group, the Advanced Relationship Podcast Community put it in the search bar. We're always in there posting videos, quotes, engaging with the community, a lot of really awesome people in there. So if you're looking for like a group that hasn't grown to the size where it's kind of intimidating and it's still close knit enough where you feel like you could post a question or a situation and you wanna get feedback on something, this is a great group for that. I think we got like 600 people in there and we're really particular about who we let in and we are monitoring, Jenny and I, the safety of the group and making sure it's, it's conscious and cohesive and a safe place to share. I find that a lot of times when I'm working with an individual or a couple, one of the most frustrating things is they don't have an outlet to talk about stuff. And so the energy gets pent up and they're dealing with things in secret. And that can get very exhausting and overwhelming and you can feel trapped and alone alone. So having a place where you can go and just share, hey, this is what I have going on. Anyone else ever been through this? Most of the time, people are going to say, yeah, yeah, I mean, this is what I did. This is what helped. People are very inquisitive in there. I just love it. This is another great way that we connect with people is in our Facebook group. So let's dive into this skill. And I'm tempted to call it a few different things, but let's call it the theory of the mirror. And I've also heard this called the 180. Byron Katie uses this process. I went to her school more than 10 years ago. She calls it the turnaround. I've heard it called inquiry-based therapy. But let's stick with the mirror. So essentially, the idea with this theory is that if there's something that you're seeing in someone else, blaming them for, judging them for, something's caught your attention about them, Then you are judging that part of yourself, or you have an unresolved piece around this quality or this situation in yourself. And this is going to be really relevant if you're a coach or a therapist, because you might get entangled or hooked by someone's story and you might notice yourself trying to fix it, or you freeze or you get angry when someone's talking about a situation or showing an emotion. That you're uncomfortable with because you have something unresolved in you. But even if you're just in a normal relationship, this is still going to come up all the time. So let's talk about the most common examples. And I see this all the time with couples is they'll say, you know, when we first met, you were really happy and excited and you really paid attention to me. And we're always doing fun things together and now you're just negative and you're depressing and you bring me down or you complain all the time and you gossip and I don't know what changed in you. And the idea here is that, I mean, if you can't see the irony already, it's that one person is feeling negative or complaining or blaming another person for complaining or blaming or being negative and they are actually feeding the cycle and they're unable to see that they are doing the very thing that they are judging. And so, a lot of times, probably the overarching situation is that both people are feeling unhappy in the relationship. They're overwhelmed with what they have going on in life. They haven't learned how to really deal with each other's emotions and things have built up over time. And as they polarize and continue to blame each other, of course, it's going to make a lot of sense to connect the dots and say, hey, yeah, you've been blaming me a lot, and now I feel depressed, and I feel defensive, and I feel anxious, and you caused that, which is partially true, but it's not the full truth. And so if you stay in this half-truth, you can see how this can just cycle and cycle and cycle, both people pointing fingers at each other, getting more and more depressed, feeling more and more negative, stuck, Anxious, unhappy in the relationship. And so it's really tough at that point to tease apart this piece about looking in the mirror because there really has been real hurt on both sides. And this is one of those situations where it's like doing more work on the front end will provide more results on the back end. But it is super challenging initially to look at your part when maybe your partner has done. So much damage in which you have probably to in some way. So, so how to work with this? The first thing that you have to do is really outline what the story is that you're telling yourself about your partner. Because sometimes there's so many things, there can be a mix, and it's just like it's just all them, and and you'll get caught up in one situation. They did this or they did that. And so you want to come up with the overarching story that you have about them. And let's say it is, they don't care about me. Steve doesn't care about me. And the second thing you need to do is to really feel into that. What does that feel like to believe the story that Steve doesn't care about me? Sometimes people want to jump ahead and just get into the intellectual side of this and just turn the story around without really feeling into it. And I think it's not going to work as well. You might have to take a few minutes with this, sitting with the experience that you might run away from and use distractions to avoid feeling and label it. Even if it's in your own mind, you might try writing it down too. I'm feeling sad, feeling angry. When I believe Steve doesn't care about me, I wanna punch him in the face. I wanna run away. I wanna show him what it feels like and pull back. You might think about how you treat yourself. Yeah, I eat a lot of ice cream. I drink, smoke weed. I just turn on the TV, some of the more common ones. I gossip about him. I blame myself and feel into that. What does that feel like? You may be doing this now as you're working some situation out in your head, thinking about how you react to the story and how much of a hook or a hold it has on your life. Just noticing, really feel into the judgment. If you're someone who wants to be like, no, 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 this, it actually isn't too bad. Really get in there. And feel and then the third thing you can do at this point is to begin to look for the mirror here and there's a few different ways to do this i'll walk through a few and just whatever kind of lands go with that so one is to turn the actual sentence around first to i so it would be instead of steve doesn't care about me it would be i don't care about me and you'd look for a few examples there what are a few ways that you don't care about you. Maybe that you don't take care of your health, you don't protect your energy, you're always giving, you have a low self-worth, you say mean things to yourself in your head, whatever it is, come up with some examples. Another turnaround may be going for the opposite, which is Steve does care about me, looking for a few examples. Well, he did buy me flowers on our anniversary and he does go to work and shares some of his money with me and helps provide for the family. Or he did say, I love you when you walked out the door this morning. Just coming up with a few examples. You can come up with a lot more if you want. And then the, the third may be even flipping two of those things around, the person and the judgment and looking for... And then the sentence may be, I don't care about Steve. And so a few examples of how you don't care about Steve. Maybe you withhold love from him sometimes when you're angry with him. Maybe you're noticing that you're so consumed with yourself here that you haven't been giving him some of the attention and love that you used to in hopes that he'll notice you more. You may notice that you're not doing some of those simple little gestures that you used to earlier on in your relationship. Whatever it is, come up with your own. And so you have that. And this part of the process comes from Byron Katie's process. The other way, to use the mirror here, would be to start to look at the benefits of Steve not caring for you or showing you the type of love that you want all the time. So it may be that the marriage starting to feel more disconnected is actually inspiring you to do more self-development work, to heal these wounds in you that you might have from childhood about not being cared about by a mom or a dad or a sibling It might be highlighting other ways in which you're really feeling like you want to hold true to your value as a person and not have people in your life that aren't going to show you care and love in the way that you want. It may be that it's helping you unfuse, if that's a word, if you were like kind of in a codependent situation from people in your life and really get solid in yourself and grow your ability to be independent. It may be that it's brought you to more meditative moments because you've had more time alone. Maybe you've been able to focus more on things that you want to do and always instead of always thinking about what Steve wants to do and what the family wants to do. Whatever it is, go through those list of benefits and really sit with it. And then one other thing that you can do if you're using the law of the mirror, looking for opposites and different angles and perspectives, is to really own this part of you that judges others for not caring enough to the amount that you think they should care and to show it in the way that you think they should. And it might sound like, I judge Steve for not doing X, Y, and Z. I believe that Steve should X, Y, Z. And when Steve doesn't do X, Y, Z, I shut down. I stop paying attention to him. I stop paying attention to myself. I do all these things that I judge Steve for. And it may even bring you back to a situation you've had earlier in your life, an old wound where maybe you didn't take care of yourself as a young person, as a teenager, and you're really judging yourself. And this wound is being pushed on, and you actually have to go back there and work with that inner child and fill that gap in yourself through being your adult self and bringing your wisdom and compassion and love into this younger part of you. And you might have to do that with a therapist or a coach. But no matter what, hopefully you're getting the point here, is that there's always work to do if you're feeling a charge with someone else. And this may be a tough pill to swallow because, I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm triggered by someone every single day, multiple times. Like I don't have enough time in the day really to sit down and go through this every time I'm triggered because it just happens so often. I'm a sensitive guy. And I've noticed that the more time I put into understanding this piece about the mirror and how it serves me to be triggered by other people and it it provides me a light, a pathway into some of the healing that needs to happen within me, sometimes the quicker I'm able to do it. And the quicker I'm able to find relief. You know, I'll even bring in one that's very relevant and current for me is that Jenny is very, very good at voicing her needs. And she's not afraid, or maybe she's afraid sometimes, but she definitely does speak up for what she wants. And there's a lot of things that she's bringing into her life that she has boundaries around how she wants to do things, what she wants to eat, how she wants to be in relationship. I don't think either of us provide a lot of space for unbridled negativity and gossip and criticism of external things because we just, we're always kind of looking at things through the lens of this concept. But my point is that I have often judged Jenny for being high maintenance and it comes up a lot. And every time I do, my mind immediately goes to, well, what's my need in this moment? Where am I high maintenance in my life? Because it turns out, even though I might be the type of person to go kind of do my own thing, I have a lot of needs around that. I have a lot of needs around space and how I want to be approached when I'm in my zone and how I want to reconnect after that and how I want to be talked with and handled when I'm feeling more anxious and hyper-focused on something I'm trying to get done. I mean, the list goes on. I can be quite, uh, I can be quite difficult when I'm wanting things to go a certain way and it's not happening. And the reason why I'm kind of difficult is because I have needs and I don't know how to get them met, small and big. So that's a little window into what I've got going on, what we've got going on over here. And I hope that you can really take this idea to heart because I think it is a fundamental piece of being in relationship, is being able to see different sides of this story that we hold because when we get focused in on one side of one story, it doesn't go well because that's not how life works. It's not black and white. And the more perspective, the more we can have mind sight, the more we can be mindful holding multiple perspectives at the same time the more we can approach things with more fluidity and consciousness and more choice, ultimately. When we're zeroed in on a problem that's black and white, we come up with black and white answers. When we see lots of different angles, we're way more creative. We can come up with interesting and fun solutions, and we can get that aliveness back again. Maybe that we felt at the beginning of the relationship when we let things slide a little bit more, we're a little bit more relaxed... We gave each other some slack. We got excited. You know, that's, I think, what a lot of people are wanting here is it's like a better way to solve problems, not just the big ones, but even the day-to-day stuff. You want to feel like someone's on your team, that they're seeing multiple sides of you because you have so many sides of you, so many parts. And to be able to see all these different parts of someone else, you have to be able to see all these different parts of you. So again, this is the theory of the mirror. It is extremely valuable in my mind to being in relationship and to doing personal development work so good luck out there everybody i know sometimes relationships are a struggle but they can be exhilarating and relaxing and fun as well take care